With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Scala Supporters Pembrokeshire Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire Westerer is Bestra podcast with me, Lee G. And as always, joining me is Big M. How are we, Mart? How's things? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you doing? Yes, it's a, it's a lovely sunny day, isn't it? It's a lovely kind of... I've just been out for a walk with the dogs before work. And um, it's really, really sunny and cold as hell. So, yeah, loving that. It's Time of year. Yeah. It's one of those things, just walking through leaves, and you can hear the leaves crunching, that sort of a thing. You know, freaks the dogs out, something chronic. But, you know, but I love it. Yeah. Uh, I, love it. I can't go walking with the kids this time of year, because I come home, and all my pockets just are literally stuffed full of leaves and twigs and everything under the sun. They pick <laughs> everything. And then we get to the house, and they want they want to build a rock garden out, out on the front porch or something. So I'm oh. there stuck here for an extra half hour with them. <laughs> can't fault that mate can't fault that <laughs> right let's let's talk rugby let's talk about scarlets and lions um last weekend and and where we are with that so seeing a lot of stuff on social media about it and a lot of reaction and uh um yeah inconsistent reactions um what 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 did you before I go through three word reactions? What did you make of it? What did you make of the of the game? I, I was really disappointed, in all honesty. You know, off the back of the Stormers game and watching the Lions against the Dragons, I I was fairly confident that we were going to get another win under our belt. And like you just alluded to, with it, it just seems to be inconsistency is you know our biggest problem at the minute yeah yeah i agree it was just inconsistent and there were some really good bits and really bad bits and it's hard to know um it's hard to know where the team actually is at the minute do you know what i mean it's it's just inconsistent is is i think the the thing at the minute so before we dig into it then Let's let's go through three word reactions. So, um, so three word reactions from last Saturday, Sunday, past Sunday, not Saturday. So, uh, Mark says not clinical enough. Hugh sweat above skills. Mandy, I like Mandy because she she gets the idea of a three word reaction, so she puts two or three reactions. So, Mandy's got inconsistent officials again, which we'll talk about again in a moment. And then poor decision making, which yeah, fair enough. Um, Phil, uh, Patchell must start. Uh, Paul, too many penalties. Hugh again. Hugh sneaked two in as well. Yeah, fingertip tackling, which yeah, again we'll 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 
touch on that. And then James wrote me an essay. So I don't think James wrote, read the post. I don't think he understood the three-word reaction, but he made some good points about... And this is what I mean about the the the, re, the, the kind of social media reaction to it and everything else. I think we're focusing a lot on the negative bits at the minute and not necessarily on the good bits, but then that's easy to do when you when you're that inconsistent within the game and between games it's very easy to be negative isn't it it's very easy to go to know what we some of the passing isn't going to hand some of the some of the tackling is still poor i would have thought by now that we would you know we spoke about this you know pretty much from day 1 about our tackling and we where are we now 3 months into the season yeah, nine games in now, so yeah, yeah we're There's still taking time to sort it out on the pitch, mm-hmm. on the training field, and then implement it on match day. So that that is still a worry. Mm. And I think the bit for me was that first try where Jonathan Davis got turned inside out by the winger. Um, so the winger cuts inside. Oh, Max Lanny. Yeah, and so fair enough, you know, and and stands Jonathan Davis up. But he gets a hand on him, and then he gets handed off, and then he gets another hand on him, and then he gets he loses him, and uh, yeah, I, I two seasons ago, three seasons ago, JD would have flattened him. Do you know what I mean? He, he yeah. would have gone right. We're not having any of that. Bang! There you go, son. You're on your ass. And I don't know why we're not in that place now. Do you know what I mean? No, it it is a mystery, and unless we physically get into the, into the park and watch the training sessions and be in those analysis reviews, we're not going to find that out. So it, it's doubly frustrating for us. Hmm. I mean, you know, Foxy a couple of years ago that that would never have happened, but you know he, he is getting on now. What is he? Thirty three, thirty four. We we can't expect him to. Uh, still be playing like he was, you know, for the Lions in 2017. Mm. You know, we have got an, an older contingent of players whose powers are fading and it's becoming more apparent. It's, it's, it's just whether or not the coaches are ready to risk blooding some new players or at least giving them a chance in the shirt. Because we know we have got some youngsters who are capable. Mm. But it's just looking at these instances and saying, okay, maybe we should give so-and-so a chance now. You have a little break, because I think I think Foxy's played every single minute of the season so far for us. Yeah, and, and you can't question his desire. You can't question his heart. You can't question his commitment to what we're doing. You know, he, he's a scarlet through and through. You know, that's why he came back home. He He, he wanted to to finish his career at the Scarlets and, and make it something to be proud of. And, um, you know, you, 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 you can't question that side of him, but it is, like you say, it's one of those things that somebody's going to have to make that hard decision at some point. And for, for me, the team at the minute revolves around Scott Williams. When Scott Williams is on the pitch, we do play that more expansive rugby and he is more of an organiser, more of a, um, 
he is in the referee's ear. I know we shouldn't be, but he is just saying stuff around the ref. You're picking it up on ref Mike, and if ref Mike is picking it up, the referee's hearing it. You know, and he's just putting ideas in the referee's head that, you know, they they were off their feet again at that ruck. You've got to clear them out, boys. Do you know what I mean? And for me, he's the he releases everybody else. He makes everybody else um look Better. good. Yeah. And you know, in defence and in attack, and I, I can't see, and, and we we've said this before as well. You know, can't see who's coming through to replace them, and until we, until we make that um, commitment to whoever's coming through, that you know, you're going to get a run of games. We, we're not going to find that out. You know, having said that, I thought Steph Evans played quite well when he came on. You know, outside centre. Yeah, he, he has been doing a pretty good job when he's been coming on in the centres. I mean, mm. there, there's always there's been questions for a few years now over his pace. So uh, the transition into centre is probably you know, a, a smart one for him at the stage that he's at. Mm. But Andy has been pretty impressive. Like, oh, There's always going to be worries with a winger moving into centres about the defensive side of the game, the tackling. But he's he's been all right so far. Mm. And... I think when when the ball is in his hands, you feel like something's going to happen. You know, he, he, even up to the last, you know, those last couple of plays where you could see people were out on their feet and, you know, playing at altitude is always difficult, but he was still giving 100%. He was still really going for it and giving everything he possibly could. Um, and he stood out because of that, I think. You know, the one thing I've always loved with Steph Evans is his as long as he's communicating and connecting with the scrum half, is his ability around the ruck and around the breakdown, the little mm. one two passes back and forth, the way he jinks it in and around those close quarters faces. Mm. It's been really mm. impressive over the years, and he's still doing it now, which is obviously a good thing for Scarlet to see. Yeah, and he's got a little bit of a um a rogue element to him, doesn't he? And and you can't defend against that. You know, when he's popping up and and picking and going around the side of a ruck or he's he's popping up on the outside of a, a, a number eight on a crash ball, you know, that's that's really difficult to defend against because that doesn't fit with the structure. And I think that's where his kind of strength is, is that he, he does break defensive structures. And... That's where we're good in attack is when when we're past that first line of attack and the game starts to break up. You know, some of the stuff that we did on on Sunday I thought was really, really good. We we dropped um the ball again. We we do the hard work, we break the line, we go through, and then we just don't finish. Um but I think that will come. I think that will come over time, and that will, you know the, the hard work is done. The hard work is getting past that that first line of defence and getting into a position where you can score. Scoring is almost the the easy part, and that's the bit that they they need to work on. Yeah, I think there were like three, four tries that we could have put home on on, and, and they just allowed one as well. Yeah, and and then you look at that, and you look at the week before. You know, we had three tries the week before that we should have had. So you know, our attack, in all honesty, is is firing quite well, bar one or two little, 
you know, that last pass. And, it, yeah, and if... Have... Go on. Yeah, we're about, we're about 80, 85% in our attack. It's only, it is literally those those little fine margins that will just boost us over the line and get us to score in on... Not, not every time we hit 22, but on a more regular basis. Hmm. And, you know, if we'd have put the the tries, if we'd have, if we'd have converted the tries last week and the week before, we'd have had two victories. You know, we'd, we'd have come away with two wins and bonus points and everything. So, you know, again, we're not that far away from where we need to be. I think the, the concern is in defence and, and that's always going to be uh, you know, uh, if, if you can't defend or ma- make it difficult for the opposition to score tries at the very least um, you know, there's, there's, there's going to be questions asked and I know um, what's his name, Gareth Williams came in a couple of games ago but by now we, you know, we should be seeing improvement by now we should be seeing improvement. Yeah, this this block of games now is where the defense should have been set up because they had a nice three week chunk during the during the autumn internationals to just do whatever they needed with the players. Mm. And it, oh, like I said, we we we're not in there. We don't know this the specific structure that they are trying to implement. So it it is hard to see how far off they are or how far off they feel they are. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought some of the things that have improved are things like, you know, kick chasing has improved. Um, We're starting to win ball back off the kick chase. We're starting to to do. And actually, off first phase, our defence is quite good. Off first phase, they were, I don't think that any of the line breaks came off first phase ball. And so, you know, that that initial structure is quite good. And there, there were a couple of phases, you know, where we were putting in dominant tackles. We were taking them, we were going back five metres, you know. But then you get to the fourth, fifth, sixth phase, and that's where we seem to break down. And I think that comes from that desire to get up and go. You know, when you hit the floor, and this is where someone like Josh McLeod is really good, you very rarely see Josh McLeod actually on the floor. He's down up straight away. Do you know what I mean? He he, he hits the deck and he's up and he's over. Yeah. And or he's up and he's out. And and we just need a bit more effort like that from some of the other players. Because I think the structure is improving. Because I say we were losing, you know, we were letting people in off first phase board at the start of the season. And then, so, so we we nailed that bit, and all you need to do is just make sure that you refill your your defensive line into that first phase structure, um, and that's the bit that I think we're we're not doing. We're not coping with refilling those outside channels after after we get to second, third, fourth phase. Those outside channels are starting to look empty, and then they're running at them. Whereas, you know, if we were back in that line, they'd start running out of options really, really quickly. And then you can start pushing them back and then you can start going for the jackal and what have you. But, yeah, I just... 
It's frustrating. But with that defensive side of it, you know, when, when you do get, you know, four or five phases down, that's when your fitness really starts to tell. And could it be just a case of having the a little bit of an older squad, having, you know, your Aaron Jinglers, your Californies, your John Davis, are they just, obviously they're still capable of being professional players, but is just having all of them on the field at the same time hindering that defensive pattern? Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And I think it's a difficult one because we so we have got a lot of players there who have got a lot of experience and you'd hope that that experience would be showing on the pitch, but it's not. And we haven't got enough young players coming through to go, okay, you know, we got somebody coming through in that position, somebody coming through in that position. The, the only person, the only player that we've really seen young player coming through is Archie Hughes at Scrum Half. And of all the areas where we're chock full, Scrum Half is the one position, you know. Um, um, two below to uh, number eight is uh, is a decent player. You know, he is a decent player. I think he'll probably end up at six, in all honesty. But, um, you know, he's he's got a, a hell of a hit on him. And he's got, uh, you know, as a ball carrier, he's he's a big lad. You know, he's difficult to stop. But then you go, right, OK, who else have we got? We've got the O'Connor boys in the front row, maybe. Um, you know, the Price boys in the second row. Uh, yeah, OK. But, you, you know, there's nobody there going. Like, you know, when Cubby was coming through, when Cubby was coming through and Cubby left um, Academy and signed his, his senior deal, it was like, right, OK. You know, there, there was an excitement about what he was going to do. It was like, you know, let's get him into the team. Let's get him on the park. And I don't feel that excitement with anybody else coming through um, at the minute. Uh, you know? I, I I feel it with, with a couple of boys in honesty. Uh, Joe Robert is one that we have seen some glimpses of, which I've been really impressed with. Hmm. And yeah. uh, he, he's, well, I'm assuming he's fifth in the pecking order at the minute. But Harry Williams, the scrum off, I'm getting excited. The, where I've been watching uh, the Welsh Prem on S. Pedwarek, every time I've seen him play, the just the, the speed of his pass and the way he goes about, it's, it is exciting me. And he's, he's the same age as Archie Howes. Mm. So they really are, they, they're they going to be together for a while. Mm. And that could be a very lethal duo in a few years' time. I, I, am, I am looking forward to when Harry Williams breaks into that team because he's very much in the mould of Aaron Smith, how fast his pass gets out. Mm. And that, that could be, well, you know, the, the quicker you get the ball from the ruck, you know, the, the less time the defence has to reorganise. So that, that can only be a good thing as long as it's done correctly. Yeah, but see, I got a problem with Harry Williams, and it's his hair. Because the last <laughs> time I saw him play, he had a top knot, and I'm like, "Come oh. on, son, do you know what I mean?" And I'm like, "Lovely player, love what you're doing on the pitch, but a top knot? I mean, come on, dude, has he still got it? Is he still? Uh, he, he, I know he's got loads and loads of hair. I'm not not too sure if it's a top knot, but." You know, this is a modern day now. These these boys, they've got these Instagram profiles. You know, they've got to market themselves. They've 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 got to look the part as well. 
Clean, uh, like, all this this hipster look, you know. I I think, like I I'm not a big fan of it, but I I think your ages get into you a bit for this. You know, there they might be what they want to see. There is, no, there are sometimes when you see players coming out the tunnel, and you just go, no, no, I'm not, I'm not having that. I look at the hair on him; he can he can go. There's, there used to be a time when when I was playing where you you you'd look for the. Uh, the smart ass on the opposition, the one with the fancy hair and the one that's uh, you know got the spray tan and all of that kind of stuff. And like, right, run at him. We're, we're having him. Do you know what I mean? And and that was that's the way it used to be. But yeah, you know, Harry Williams, great player. And like you say, between him and Archie, it's gonna be um it's gonna be great, particularly with Costello as well. You know, those two releasing Costello, I think is gonna be quite a a strong combination for the future. Um, I think centres is is where we're going to struggle. Let's say Joe Roberts, whether he comes back from that injury, I know it was a really nasty injury that he had on his knee. He's back um, in training by all accounts. I think it was in uh, Peel's press conference last week. He said that uh, Roberts was doing some training back here. Oh well, that's all right. And that's because uh, I, when you saw her, I think he dislocated the knee or something, didn't he? Or he, he did something. It's an dodgy. Yeah, and and it looked quite a, a a nasty injury, but he was really starting to come through and show, you know, what he can do. And I think what we need is we, you know, we need more than one person in, in each position coming through. Let's say scrum half. We, we're stacked full it's on scrum open, half. Yeah. So, you know, if Kieran Hardy gets an offer at the end of this season to go, I don't know, Dragons or England or whatever, uh, you know, Gareth Davis, you know, he's got his 60 caps, so we may want to go abroad uh, and still, uh, uh, you know, compete for World Cup place or whatever. You know, um, we, we, we're not going to suffer massively. In fact, we might benefit in terms of wage and, you know, those younger boys would obviously be on a lower wage, so might actually work for us. I agree financially, but, uh, you know, if if Gareth Davis was to, you know, pop off at the end of the season, because he has had his entire career here, hasn't he? I think so, yeah. I don't remember him going anywhere else. So, you know, he has served us incredibly well. Hmm. And, you know, being a, a lion... I don't, I don't know how the wage brackets work. You know, how long ago were you a lion for the to what bracket you're in? You know, it's it's not exactly very clear for a for a fan looking from the outside in to go, well, oh, he's in that category. Oh no, no, he's not. He's in that one. So he he could be in the two fifty to four hundred and fifty k band mm. in, or he he could be in the like the one eighty to two fifty. So, mm. and when you're thinking of a, a scrum half of that age. When when you have got players of international class and you know youngsters coming through, you you it is a real tough balancing act because I'm I'm sure you could probably get four five Archie Oses, Tari Williams for one Gareth Davis, you know mm. financially. And I I think that's going to be it. You know I know we've gone off the game on Saturday, but you know we've also had this week the announcement of the six-year deal. Uh, uh, oh, know, the verbal deal. Yeah, verbally agreed, which is an improvement on where it was before, let's be honest. Um, but if that is the case, you know, players and clubs can start making decisions about next year now. 
and and you know over the, the next line. yeah and not just signing two year contracts or uh, you know they can sign three year four year contracts for the younger players and go look you know this is this is the confidence that we got in you and yeah some of those older players may not you know may not be around much much longer or they may be on one year deals or game by game deals or something and if if another club comes in and says you know, we we're short you, yeah. of yeah, um, off they go. Oh, sort oh, of them. Yeah, because Owen Williams has just uh, gone over the locker bridge, haven't he? Yeah, I'm a bit gutted about that. I thought he might come home. I I, I thought he was a genuinely class player when he was with us. Um, he left because Priestland was pretty much nailing down the ten shirt, and he wanted a challenge for a Wales shirt. And um, Leicester offered him more money than we could. Well, yeah, there is that, but you know, he he. Who went his um, his international career to you know for money, and and I think he he could have been a lot better than than what he has been, um, but those are the choices you make, isn't it? This and and when you're a young player and somebody offers you massive cash, you go yeah, thank you very much, and then he's had a lot of injuries. He has been out for a long time with injuries, but you know I thought he was a class player and. Um, it's a really good signing by the Ospreys uh, for him to come back, but uh, I just shame he didn't come back to us. But then that would have that would have put the age of our squad a lot higher than we probably want it to be, wouldn't we? You know. Yeah. Like if you if you were, it depends on what you'd be bringing him in as. As are you bringing him in as a ten or are you bringing him as a twelve? I know I know we can play a bit of fifteen, but that's not really his forte. Mm. So it's a case of if you bring him in as a ten. You know, Patchell's almost back to full fitness. We've got Costello and Dan Jones. And then you look at 12 and you're thinking, okay, Johnny Williams is injured, so did it speak for But I've got, you know, younger boys like Eddie James, who is, I think, is next in line mm. for the 12 shirt. And you're thinking, well, do we really want to be paying for this guy to come in for this six-month, eight-month cover, whatever it is? For a handful of games, when we could, you know, just try and blood our youngster, give him that, those opportunities. Mm. I think that's a difficult decision now, isn't it? Is how how much faith do you put in the youngsters coming through, and if you buy somebody in, this it's got to be somebody with purpose, somebody like Fafita. Um, uh, you know, we haven't even spoke about the the, the referee decision of uh, uh, and the rearrangement of Fafita's nose on Saturday, uh, Sunday. But oh. you know, he's um, he's the type of player that you bring in and and you up the quality of the squad, you up the quality of of what we're doing. Um, I can't see many players now coming in. I can't see many. I think there'll be you know maybe one big name per season, but. The rest of it is all going to have to come from ourselves and you know internal stuff. So yeah, well, I I am expecting quite a quite a bit of an exodus this season. Hmm. Like it, it has been mentioned that we've got twenty three, if I'm correct, players out of contract, hmm. and I, I'm expecting you know double figures at least to be leaving, and you know <laughs> I'm not expecting the same amount of players coming in. Because all this squad trimming, but I'm expecting to see a good, you know, five, six, maybe a, a few more faces 
like you said, it's probably only going to be one big name sign in, two if we're lucky. Depends on what this uh, six-year deal is is really affording us. But uh, I, I can see a, a fair bit of the squad changing at the end of this year. Um, yeah, so if so, if you were going to get not get rid of, but who can you who can you see go in at the end of the season? Who, who or at the end of the contract? Who won't have the contract renewed? Well, from you know this this is sort of friend of a friend sort of thing now that I've heard the Blade Thompson is his bags are already packed to go back to New Zealand. Hmm. I'm trying to find the squad now because I've I have had it all written down. I got I got I got it all written down in my my nice little book. No, well, no, no, no. I I I find the squad is somewhere. It is in yeah. That's a lot of notes, oh, mate. Well, I haven't used much of the book. Um, Phil Price is probably another one. Uh, I think Javan's gonna be going up to Scotland. You know, uh, well, so I mean, I don't know what the situation with Wilgriff John is, but mm. you know, having brought Sam Wayne right in now, and uh, I, I actually spoke to him uh, the day before the Australia game, and and he said he was hoping that it it wasn't going to be just a, a temporary move. He was hoping for it to be more long term. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm expecting that to come to fruition. I mean. We, until we know, well, we're not going to know which players are, but until we do know what, what players are out of contract, it's really hard to say. I mean, we could probably drop, you know, we we got Ken Owens, Elias, Davos, Taylor Davis, and Sean Evans as hookers. Mm-hmm. We could probably drop two of them without worrying too much. Mm. See, I, I think as. if we're going to bring yeah. anyone in, it's going to be a front rower. I think that's where we're suffering at the minute is in the front row because you know Will Griff John hasn't really performed up to expectations. Um, Sebastian, I've said a couple of times before, just does nothing for me on a pitch. Um, and yeah, I just I think that's where we need to you know that's where your scrum starts, that's where your line out starts. It's and it's such a key part now. Um, I like both of the corner boys. I think they're they're really good. Um, I quite like Wainwright as a player around the park. I've got questions over his scrummaging, um, but that comes with experience, and and you've got to be on the park to get that experience. And he isn't on the park enough at the minute. So well, he's not on the park at all. He, I don't think he's he's played. Well, he hasn't definitely haven't started the game for Saracens, hmm. and I think it's only been in the the Premiership Rugby Cup. That he's actually had some minutes in, mm. but no, I, I I can I can see a few front rowers going, and mm. it, it it depends on how Peel is really feeling on them because obviously we haven't seen much of Win Jones this year, and obviously Samson is out for maybe forever. We we really don't know, so yeah. I I don't think we'd be bringing in any front rowers as first choice, mm. maybe. Uh, if Sebastian and Will Griff go, maybe we bring in an, another tight dead to sort of push for that second, third spot to try and just, you know, give Harry and uh, Sam, if he stays, that, that that little nudge, that little kick to saying, look, I, I'm going to take the shirt off out. Yeah. 
yeah. I, I definitely think if, you know, like you say, I think there's a lot of players there that Peel, he's, he's had a long enough look at now to go, okay, you know, for the next five years, this is what I want my squad to look like. And, you know, there's going to be certain players there that are just not up to where... Uh, to where we need to be and I think a lot of them are in the forwards and I think within the backs you know I can't see half penny um, being a massive part of the future in all honesty just because of injuries you know I think he's there's too much um, you know that every slight little niggle now is a, a, a another month out and what have you so yeah I think he's probably at the end of his his time with us I, I think McNichol is the, going to be the same as Blade. I think he's going to be packing his bag. He's he's keeping him here till the World Cup, yeah. and you know then then he's going to be going home. And you know the, these boys are well within the rights to do that. You know I yeah. I, I I will not hold anything against any of them. Mm. The same as when Jip Ball went back down because he you know he, he's an Australian. Mm. You know first and foremost, I, I know he's gone to play in Japan, but it's literally a stone's throw from from Australia down there. So, you know, all all our all, all, all the the what what do you call it? Oh, the the grandparent rule, the grandparent oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, international. Yeah. Those those are the ones that I I can see, you know, probably going back home after this World Cup because they they're not likely to make it to the next one. No, no, and yeah, I think you're right. I think it's it's probably all kind of working quite well for us in, in terms of, you know, Dwayne's had a couple of seasons now and he, he knows what he wants and you've almost got that natural cut-off of the World Cup where people, you know, if Jonathan Davis doesn't make it back into the squad by the World Cup, you know, is he going to is he gonna keep going with it or is he going to move into coaching? Is he going to move into broadcasting? Um, there's little bits like that that kind of they're all coming at the right time for us, where people can make decisions at the end of this season now and say, look, you know this this is how the future is going to be. Um, but yeah, I, I, I same thing. I I can see quite a lot of players going, not many coming in, and a lot of players coming through um, uh, academy and coming up from. Premiership teams, and and using that you know Premiership and Bucks. Yeah, it was it was interesting last year to see um, you and Shenton come from Cardiff Met, um, and I think that's interesting because I think that that'll be more the way that we do things now. We use the the Bucks teams as a a real kind of um, step install a ladder. For us. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit more. Competitive. It's not competitive. It's hard to compare that with the the Premiership, and because they're two very different types of games. You know, yeah. you you almost want your forwards to play in the Premiership because it's about learning the, the tricks of the style. trade. Yeah, but then you want your back row and your backs to play in in a Bucks League because that's more kind of high pace, high skill, fast yeah. ball sort of a thing, but then you also want them to swap over at some point, you, you you want them to understand the other side of the game so yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see where we start recruiting players from now, 
and and I think it might work well for the Premiership. I think it might work well for Bucks, and I think we'll we'll see less players coming from abroad. Um, you know, we've already seen Scarlets bringing in a new um, head of academy, so you know I think we're we're that's the way the future is going to be. Is very much around. We need to develop our own, and, and we've definitely got the players around. You know, we've got more than enough players around to develop and to come through. We just need to give them the the chance, the opportunity, and the support with, with coaching and stuff, don't we? Yeah. And following along with the Bucks, we we've already got the connections with UWTSD, you know, Trinity St David, and they they a rugby setup is. It's basically down to uh, you know the students. There is there is no one there from any department that that takes control of it and says, "Oh, this is when you're doing this." It is literally all player run, and that's why they're not in the you know the bucks, bucks league, league. The, the 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 top bucks leagues as such, because there's well, just there's no investment or no infrastructure, and that's something that we could look at. Well, what did happen? at the end of um, last season and over the summer was uh, Trinity have started a rugby programme. They have, so they've got a dedicated ma- um, rugby manager there and they've started investing in facilities. They've started investing in gyms and pitches and, and what have you. And oh, I think the facilities from- they've got are pretty good already. I mean, they've, they've got quite a few quite a few pitches and their actual sports, sports area uh, facilities on the Carmarthen campus are pretty high quality. Right. Well, the they're trying to build. I think they've got a five-year plan to get into Bucks, and I think a lot of that goes alongside um, Scarlets. So, from what I know at the minute, um, you know, Scarlets Academy players go to Swansea Uni or Cardiff Met. A couple go to Cardiff Uni itself but it's it's mainly Swansea Uni um, and that's what, yeah so my understanding is is the connections with you know the universities are there but uh, I, I just don't think they've been used as like uh, two Pelotus in Swansea Uni he's done a bit for uh, promoting Swansea Uni and you know come to Swansea because of this that and the other and I know that they've got um, dedicated people inside Swansea to Help players with, um, you know, managing training and yeah, and, and so if they miss lectures, they get notes and they can, you know, they don't miss out on the educational side of it because of the rugby because they know the rugby comes first. So it's there, and I I, I think that is probably the way forward for us. You know, so many boys from down this way go away and don't come back. You know, they, they 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 don't come home, and and getting them to come home can be a bit of a challenge. You know, so you you took someone like um, what's his name, the fullback, just gone to Gloucester, uh, Hathaway. Hathaway. You know, you come in from just outside Aberystwyth. You know, quite rural and 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 what have you, and quite you know an hour and a half away from um your home pitch in, in Scarlet, Parker Scarlet. So if he went to Aberystwyth uni, uh, uni, he would still be, he'd be as far away from Parker Scarlet as he was when he was in Gloucester. So, you know, you go and you get the big cities and you get the 
bit of experience of, of life away from home and you go, yeah, this is quite nice. And it is quite difficult to persuade people to to come home, you know, and come back to, to where you were. So keeping them here in the first place, I think, is is probably the best way forward for for us for the future. But so anyway, Saturday's Sunday's game. I keep calling it Saturday. So back to Sunday's game. So some of the referee decisions were shocking. Again, uh, how Fafita's nose got rearranged and nobody had a a, a a talking to about it or a card or anything. Uh, it, it, it begs belief, man. It, especially when you think Costello got sent off for basically a, a feather across the face, essentially. Yeah. In, yeah, in comparison now. Yeah. And I just think when it's going for you, it's going for you. And when it's not, it's not. And at the minute, it's it's it's, really not. it's obviously not going for us. Um, but I think it's starting to turn. Uh, I really do. And yeah, it was frustrating. The bit that annoyed me was on one of their tries, we cleared the ball. It looked like the player caught the ball in touch. And quite a lot of people around that player were going that man's in touch, two passes, try. Um, so is I, it I think bit... for one of their tries as well, that I think Jonathan Davis got tackled off the ball or something. Yeah. Or someone got tackled. I'm pretty sure there was a few tackles off the ball that just didn't get picked up either. And they were quite the important moments in the game. Mm. Well, the bit that annoys me, and this has happened quite a few times now, and I don't know if it's something, well, it is something that's coached, obviously, and we don't do it and other teams do is when they're jackling for the ball, they go over, they go beyond the ball, their hands are on the floor, and then they scrape back in. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's not part of, that's not in the low box. That's that's off your feet instantly. Exactly. So Ospreys have done it, Leinster have done it, Ulster have done it, um, and Lions did it um last week as well. And uh, you know, you quite obviously, when your hands are on the floor and you're over the top of the ball, you are not supporting your own weight, and you you have to think: Would that player be there if their their hands were off the floor? No, they wouldn't, because their head is below their hips. You know, so there's little it's, bits like that. It's not even just the, the hands over and scraping back. It's they're supposed to be a clear lift, a clear attempt to lift that ball. Hmm. So if you if you know and I, I just don't see that from a lot of players. They just leaving their hands on it and just waiting for the penalty. Yeah. But you you supposed to show a clear left. Otherwise, you know, you're just slowing it down for the sake of it. And I think you know, the amount of players that still just dive over the top of a ruck, you know, literally there, there was one ruck against the Lions where two players literally dived over the top um to secure the ball. And you're a bit like, come on, I, you know, somebody must be looking at this and going, you know, all right, that's a that's a, a minor infringement, but that minor infringement is stopping us from competing for that ball because you, you're almost it's almost like ten pin bowling where a player's throwing himself to take out your your defenders. So so anyway, that was that was last week, um, and. Improvements, but inconsistent, and you know the whole South Africa thing has been pretty much the same thing. There's been improvements, but it's a little bit inconsistent, um, and that's the way it is, isn't it? So let's move on to this week. Let's move on to 
European Cup, European Challenge Cup. Woohoo! <laughs> so, by on. Um, talk to me, brother, because I've not got a clue. By on. Well, they they've had a pretty good start to the season. They've uh, they played twelve, won seven, lost five. They they are the your your team in uh, in this French league. You know, in the last eight years, you know they've been relegated and promoted in six of them. Right. So you know, there really is hard to find that level of consistency for them to see exactly where they are. Hmm. I mean, they obviously they're doing well. You know, if you're winning more than you're losing, you know, it's not to be. You can't. If you know, <laughs> nice position to be in. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be nice if we had that back here. But uh, they've they've got a a good squad and uh, it's it's they it's built mostly around their half backs and it's uh, Maxime Machineau and Camille Lopez, mm. who you know both French internationals. Obviously, they are you know towards the end of their careers, but that that experience you know it, it does tell. So you know that's that's going to be key to us on the weekend. Just you know if they're both playing. No, obviously, I, I I don't know what the injury status is at the minute, but if they both play, and it's going to be you know key to you know limit their impact on the game. Mm. We're also going to see uh, a couple of our old boys. We're going to get to see uh, Peter Schultz and Uzi Kasim. I was going to say are... that's where um, uh, Uzi went, wasn't it? He's uh, yeah. and he's still playing well, isn't he? Yeah, he's, uh, he's he's starting on a regular basis from what I can tell and what I can see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I was gutted when he left. I, I think that, you know, he, he was a really good player. He's a real, real strong eight who can play six. Yeah. yeah. That's good. But, uh, you know, it, I... this is Bayon's, you know, this is their first season back up in the top 14. You know, they got promoted last year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it, it is... They probably well. I'm hoping that they're more focused on the top 14 than they are on European rugby, mm. because they've they've never been in the the Champions Cup. They've never been in the top tier of Europe. They've only ever played in the Challenge Cup, and they've only ever got out to the group stages once, and mm. that was way back in 2006. And so I it's, I am really hopeful. Who's the coach now? Who's coaching them? Who's they caught? Didn't they have somebody of, of everything was... I've looked at? Hmm. Didn't they? I thought they had somebody who was quite a big name, and then it didn't go well for him, and he, I think he left when they went down. And I don't know who they brought. I can't remember. I remember seeing something. Gregory Patat, or I have not got a. It's not. They haven't got a big name coach, so have they? They haven't got anyone that we'd know. Well, his name doesn't have his... Uh, the coach doesn't have his own page on Wikipedia, so I, I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't pronounce his name, so he can't be that good. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've never seen him. He's probably going to turn up now and uh, take personal offence to what I've just said. And, uh, <laughs> he can look if you understand. <laughs> but... Uh, Yes, something quite recent with Bayon, like literally in the in the last day or so, is uh, there's rumours that uh, they sign in Luke Morahan from Bristol. You know, mid season, mm. like how uh, like how Dan Biggers uh, gone to Toulon. Mm. You know, so uh, you know there's there's obviously there's a lot of money there if you know if they're buying players out of contract mid season. 
Mm. Well, it's so, south of France, isn't it? It's yeah, south southwest down that lovely little that lovely lovely corner. Yeah, so it's it's not too difficult to persuade people to to go there, particularly this time of year. You know, it's it's my like we said at the start, it was a really crisp, uh, frozen start to the day. And uh, or do you want to go and sit on the beach in the south of France and uh, uh, and just pretend like it's still summer, like you know? It's, it's... And, and you got to think from Moran's point of view, you know, he, he's in Bristol. He, he's got this bloody all the winds and the cold from the seven blowing into the city. It's got to be, it's got to be freezing there. <laughs> and it's Bristol, <laughs> but yeah. So so what are we expecting from them this weekend? Then is it going to be a forwards? Kind of orientated yeah, sort of thing. They, they're a very traditional French side. They they doing they do really well at home. They are for more forward orientated, but they they do have some big backs, and they do like to play like they've they've got you know a few Pacific Islanders in there. They've mm-hmm. they've got oh what was his name? Uh, Jan David, the French centre. He's mm-hmm. oh, obviously French is bloody beyond for guys here. But uh, no, they they have got they've got some some good hands and some big boys in there, so it, it's going to be an upfront battle to start. But you know, I I am very optimistic. You know, on on the main facts is French teams don't tend to travel that well. Yeah, and you know, it's their first season back in the top four, fourteen. You know, all their efforts have got to go to securing their place there because, like I said, they are a yo-yo team. They tend they do tend to go up and down. So they, that's probably going to be their they, uh, they bread and butter is staying in their league. So uh, yeah. we may see them use a rotated side. So And obviously, the, hopefully that would lend into our favour so long as we don't do the same thing. And but, uh, we'll have our internationals back as well. So, you know, that might kind of give us a, a little bit more of a boost from you know, coming back from South Africa, you know. Because we, we actually met Bayonne a, a couple of years ago uh, 2019-2020 season, and uh, we won both matches. Mm. Which, uh, which, which yeah. if, if history has anything to go by, it's got we won 19-11 away out in France, and we won 46 points to five at home. So, mm. you know, if, if we could get anywhere near close to a repeat, I, I think everyone will be leaving, you know, leaving happy on yeah, Sunday. Quite happy, and we weren't playing particularly well that season. Um, no, it, that w- it was everything came together for Europe, but you know, who knows? No, I think that was that was uh, that was Brad Moore's first season. I think we were, we were playing some we were playing some nice stuff. But he left halfway through, didn't he? He left. I, I think. I think no, he let he left when COVID left, didn't he? The the March was it? No, I think he went before that. Thank you. I'm sure he went before that. I'm we sure have, we didn't down in the notes and we, yeah. have, we have to check it back later. Yeah, homework when, for when, this week. When did New Zealand was. steal our coach and then not promise the payday of a fixture? <laughs> yeah, I tell you, it's, it, looking back, it's probably not a bad thing that we didn't play New Zealand. But it would have been lovely, but oh my lord, it would have been... Uh, it would have been a tonking and a half, wouldn't it? Yeah, but, we 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 could have played the bloody you know New Zealand schools, and, and it would have been it would have been a good nice occasion, man. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, what what are we expecting from Scarlets this weekend? Then, who are you expecting to come back into the side? What kind of a who are you expecting to turn out on the pitch on Saturday? 
Sunday. Well, again. oh, good lord, <laughs> Sunday. Well, it is. I'm not expecting a mass load of changes from what we've seen for the most part of the season. If I can get my bloody notes up, I keep forgetting where I put it. Oh, your note system is is just falling down around your ears, mate. You it's, need those... it's too full now. It's it's just absolutely too full. You need little uh, things I'm... on the side. You know, you can get little post-it notes with like little arrows pointing in that say, "This is these are your props. This is Bayon. This is you know how to pronounce someone's name." Well, like, norm- you know? Normally, I've got everything spread over just the two pages, mm. but because we're going back and talking about the squad and stuff, I've got to go all the way all the way through just to <laughs> try and remember who's the internationals, who's not. But no, I I'm I'm expecting. I I don't think. You know, Ken Owens would be starting. I uh, I would imagine probably, you know, Elias would come back into that starting berth and maybe maybe Ken as a as a bench spot because he he did play an awful lot of rugby for Wales. Same with uh, Josh McLeod. I'm expecting him to come straight back into a Kieran Ardy is a tricky one just just because he never seems to play like there's only that one game where he played well for us when he started. Yeah. He seems to be so much better coming off the bench. Yeah. I mean, Costello, you know, he's already back, same as Blacker is. And, and I yeah. thought Blacker played really well when he came on as well. And I, yeah. I like Blacker. I'm starting to like Blacker more as a as our main attacking scrum half now, I'll be honest. Um, yeah, I, I I think Blacker is probably the more all rounded player of all of our scrum halves. He mm. he's He's not quite as strong defensively as Gareth Davis, and maybe, maybe his attacking is slightly below Hardy, but not much. But he, he is probably our more complete scrum half at the minute, and you know I I wouldn't be too disheartened if he started. I'd actually, I, I'd like to see him and uh, Costello form a yeah. solid partnership. Yeah, I would. And, too. and then I think the only other player left is Lee Halfpenny and. You know the the way he's been pulled out of games. You know, an hour before the the morning of the day before, I I just think that we may as well just stick him in some cotton wool for a couple of weeks, let him get himself ready. Mm. You know, target maybe maybe a bench, maybe a bench slot against the Cheetahs. You know, next week, and then obviously the Ospreys on Boxing Day. Maybe target that one. For him, but then it'll yeah. depend on how you know how well McNichol, Rogers, and Combi are to go in, because if those boys find form, I I don't think there's a space for half any in the team if if they are. Yeah. I think the the place for half penny now is if we need a kicking option, you know, if we need somebody that's going to be able to slot goals, um, left, right, and centre, and I just don't th- that comes from you know if you've got a. Uh, a strong front row that you can, you're quite confident you're going to win sort of four or five scrum penalties every game, then you can have somebody on the pitch that can kick. Um, and at the minute, we're just not, we're not getting ourselves into that place where we need to kick penalties. You know, we're not. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a while before we see him. And if we see him again, I don't know. I don't know if we will. Genuinely don't. And I don't mean that in a bad way. You know, I think he's he's a really nice guy, and as a professional, he's 
you know, he demonstrates a lot of good behaviours for younger players. Um, you, you don't want to go to any of the captain's runs then. <laughs> he, he is he's quite openly frustrated with himself and he? uh, some of the profanities, you know, and, and you... Uh, obviously, it's, it doesn't matter. We don't mind. No one, no one minds. I know there's there's kids here, but when you're coming to watch a rugby thing, you, you're expecting a few words here or there. Mm. But uh, no, he's if he's not had you know a good game, he's he's beating himself up. He's in a re, he's in a real sour mood, and uh, as you can imagine, this season there's not been many many games to be positive he about. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him taking over the role that Steph Hughes had last year, coaching the under 18s. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, that good... that's that's something we need to look at now because that's starting back in two weeks on the 21st. Yeah, so the first round of it is uh, the 14th, but we're not involved in that. And then the week after, 21st is uh, Cardiff away. Cardiff away, and yeah, which will be a nice little trip, nice little. Uh, a uh, Christmas shopping trip for me, so <laughs> yay! <laughs> so is your is your boy gonna be, is your boy back for that? Yeah, he played his first game uh, last week. Um, did all right. Griffiths, everyone. <laughs> but no, he, he he did all right. He's back from injury. Um, shoulder held up. No issues. No reaction. No nothing. Um, he would have been. So it's the English schools cup final. Uh, today, actually, uh, and he would have been in the team, but it just, you know, he's been out for eight months and difficult for him to walk straight back into a cup final side. Do you know what I mean? After the rest of the boys have done the work through the rest of the season. So, but yeah, but he'll be back. He's back um, training at the park on Saturday. So, yeah, fingers crossed. So, yeah, that, that kicks off in two weeks' time for us um and obviously so let's let's get a score prediction for um this weekend i'm going to stop saying saturday i'm going to start saying this weekend so your score prediction for this weekend for the scarless game then mate oh i'm gonna go uh, 33 16 to us to us, Obviously. yeah, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> I never gonna, just wanted I, to check. It's gonna I'm, be sure. I'm never gonna go for a, you know the opposing team. Mm. You know, even if we are facing the All Blacks, no, I'm never gonna say no. Nah, they're gonna beat us. No chance. No, I'm I'm going in there full of confidence. Well, I'm I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna say that the weather's actually gonna play quite a a, a hefty part in it because it's meant to be really cold, really windy. Um, and boys coming from the south of France and walking into Arctic conditions, Parker Scarlet has never been the, the place to come for, if you like, decent weather, let's be honest. Um, so, yeah, I think comfortable win for us, um, something like 25-6. Um, I, I think we... Um, if they're going to get any anything, it'll be from the forwards. But I'm going to go 25-6 is 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 my prediction for this weekend. So, yay for that! Right, moving on then. Let's let's move on to uh, Pembrokeshire sides. 
So I know I said I was going to do a, a scoreboard rundown, but I was away in Cardiff on Saturday. And oh. On Sunday, I didn't get up until like uh, about midday. And um, so I didn't do it. <laughs> I just By the time I actually got round to doing it, I'm like, oh, I'll leave it till Monday. And by the time I got to Monday, I thought, ah, there's no point. So I am going to try and do it this weekend. I am going to try and do a scoreboard rundown again this weekend, but I can't make any promises. So. Shall we do a scoreboard now then? Yeah, let's have a... so um, starting in the championship, then Narbeth had a really good game against Cross Keys. They lost 30 points to 32, which, um, you know, Cross Keys were fourth. That puts Cross Keys up to third in the table. Now Narbeth stay in fifth in the table. Um, it is quite tight at the top. In, in Underneath, you know, you've got the top two, Neath and Pontypool, running away with it. And then you've got Cross Keys, Bargoid, Narbeth. And, Five points between them. Yeah, and even Astrid Ronda and, and Bedwas, uh, you know, it, it is quite close. So, you know, Narbeth are having a good season. I think the, the amount of games that they've had that are close, you know, really, really close games has been, um, you know, they've lost a couple in the last minute. They've won a couple in the last minute. You know, that's, They should have won one in the last minute. Yeah, that's it. so you know, can't be. A, it's not a bad season, and they must be frustrated that they're not a little bit higher. You know, the odd kick gone over here, the odd tackle there. You know, would have made a massive difference to their season. But you know, fair play to them. Thirty to 30, 30, 32 against Cross Keys isn't a bad result. So you know, no, I'm I'm hoping two bonus points in that score. So. Mm. You, you can't cock your nose over two two points for now. And this week they're away in Pontypool. Ah, this game. You know, it's uh, it's it never doesn't get gonna... any easier. No, it doesn't. And then the the Christmas run in, um, they're home against Trabanos, uh, just before uh, Christmas on the seventeenth. Yeah, there is no New Year's Day game planned, and then it's a way to tatter steel on the seventh. So, you know, oh, it's that's, that's tidy. Yeah, but some good games going into into Christmas. So, what are you yeah. expecting from Pontypool? You know, it's away in Pontypool. Uh, I played in Pontypool Park a, a, a couple of times, and yeah, uh, I said the first time I went there was I went there as a a, a sub. Um, and just trying to warm up around the pitch, and I just got the amount of abuse I had running around the pitch, just trying to warm up. Uh, I was getting in people's way; they couldn't see anything, and this, that, and the other. So I just go and stand. There. I was only eighteen, you and so I, I, yeah, I just go and stand in front of them. <laughs> Can't see anything now, can you, pal? That's, uh, but um, yeah, what, what are you expecting from okay. Pontypool? I, I I think Pontypool are going to be too strong so uh, I ha- I am going to have to say Pontypool are going to win but mm. on the other side you know Narbeth have been playing so well this season and they've pulled out some good results even on the losing side uh, so I, I'm, ex- I'm expecting you know a really really good effort from the boys mm. at Narbeth you know the Otters are going to gonna give Pontypool a good test yeah, same here. I think it'll be. Uh, I don't think it'll be close. I think it'll be a tight game, and then Pontypool will just, you know, there'll be two or three tries in it. But yeah, for me, it's a Ponty win. 
um, you know, possibly by 10, 15 points. But, uh, you know, take nothing away from that. But that's a, that's a hard place to go and, and play any time. So, okay. So, one West then. So, I don't oh, understand. Yes. Yeah. So, I predicted Pembroke's first win of the season for last weekend. And they didn't play. And I can't find out why, why that game was called off. But I'm exactly the same. I have no idea why. And there's not been... It must have been something agreed because it's not a walkover. So, yeah. Anyway, so some cracking results from oh, uh, yeah. last week. So Aberystwyth with Big Yeah, That's the big one. That is the one that that has turned this league from a 1-2 horse race into a 4-5 well, race now. It, in it a space... Is. In the space of two weeks, Langenich had gone from top of the table to fourth. So, but it's it's still only one loss, and that 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 loss against Aberystwyth, uh, what was it, uh, twenty six points to seventeen? Yeah, that has changed the complexion of this league massively. Mm. Mm. So, and now I'm now I'm just sat here looking at there, and you know, I, I honestly thought that Langenich were gonna run away with it. The way that they've been playing, you know, they would. I know they were only four from four, but the results they were pulling out were, you know, mm. you just look at them thinking, oh, Christ, they, they're the ones to watch out for. But, you know, you've got Newcastle, Emlyn now, Krimek, Aberystwyth, Langenic, you know, and Velenvol, who, you know, they've, they've got that game in hand, can put themselves back into that mix. Mm. You know, it, this this league has opened up massively now. Yeah, it's tight, isn't it? And let's say, so, Aberystwyth had a good win. Krumach had a good win as well, 24-21 against Hendy. And, you know, when that keeps them in that, that top race as well, and kind of, you know, Hendy was starting to build a little bit of momentum back, and that kind of knocks them out. And like you say, it's so tight. It is so close um, that it doesn't take much to go up or down in, in that league now. So, um yeah, Newcastle Emlyn put Clethy Wanderers to the to the sword, sixty twenty four, and then Whitland twenty four all draw against Pen Cloud. You know, and yeah, it's not a loss, so you know you got you got to take what you can get. Yeah, no, they they are really okay. They, they're not sharing the bottom spot with Pembroke, but they they're only one step above the pair of them, Pen Cloud mm. and Whitland. So, so probably a fair result. You know, uh, all things considered. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like you say, I'm not sure what went on with Pembroke, but um, no doubt that will be something for uh, for future um, pods that will get re- uh, rearranged at some point. So this week then, this week's game. So the, the interesting fixture from this week, Whitland at home to Crimmach. And you just and and I know it's like Crimmer top of the table, second from top, Whitland second from bottom, but that's a tasty fixture. That's a that's a tasty, tasty one to go and watch. Um that's that's gonna warm you up watching that game. Because <laughs> there's not gonna be a lot of tries. There's not gonna be a lot of wild, expansive, creative rugby. There's gonna be a lot of close in Hard contact. Um, there may even be a little bit of fisticuffs and handbags, you know. 
because yeah, they, they they do not like each other. They never Tell have. Me, do, do, we, do we have WRU uh, line uh, touch judges for Division One matches, or is I it think still they something do. from? Yeah, I think that, no Division One. No, it's it's um, championship. It's still club men. Yeah, I'm oh, not sure. So, yeah, definitely. Def- well, if it if they're not in there, you know. It could be the difference between, uh, you know, a 30-man brawl and, uh, mm. you know, a kiss and a cuddle. Yeah, it's, uh, but it's going to be an interesting... I can see Krummer walking away with it and winning oh, that game quite comfortably. It. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game to to watch that one. And Aberystwyth away in Hendy as well. Um, you know, Tough game. It's, it's not, it's not going to be easy. No, no. But, uh, you know... I, I'm obviously you got to back up, especially after you know after what, what he's done this weekend. Yeah. So yeah, I'm the same. I'm I'm going Aberystwyth on that, and then Pembroke at home to Verin Royal. Um, I, I can't see Pembroke. I I I like to see Pembroke pick up a win somewhere. I really would. Um, and without knowing what happened last week, you know, was it? A case of they couldn't raise a side, which I can't imagine that happening. But you know, something. Well, must you have you could always turn out for them if if they're struggling for players. No, no. And I mean, no, if, no. if if this if they're struggling for boys down well, and Wallace only a, a stone's throw from me, I'll I'll come and play as well. <laughs> the 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 last time I turned out for Pembroke was in a vets game, and uh, my wife and kids came to watch. And by the time they actually got there, halfway through the first game, I was already in the first aid tent. With, and my, I detached my um, my left calf, so and I've not been allowed oh, back nice. on a pitch since. So you need, um, you need to go into the mixed abilities now, and yeah, I, I, I the walk in. I think I'd struggle with the walk in one now, but there we go. Ah, so, wheelchair rugby, you'll be fine. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that is Division One. So Division Two again. You know some cracking results from uh, last weekend. The, the key result from last weekend in this one: um, Milford and Fishguard twenty-three all draw. I mean, who predicted that? You know, no one. No one. Uh, it was um, so many close games this year, particularly for Milford. Milford have had quite a few close-run games. Um, I thought Fishguard were going to run away with that and and be quite comfortable. But yeah, twenty-three all, you know, fair play by all accounts. It's, it was a it was a hell of a game. So yeah, I you know I'm in the same mindset as you. I was expecting, you know, I, to be you know, be be tough, be a tough game. You know, really close quarters for you know, good first half, and then I expected Fishguard to just start slowly pulling away. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know, Milford haven't been having the best of season, so just to to dig that out is is. You know, it's, you know, it's it's good for the club. It's good news. Yeah. So let's hope that uh, they kick on. Yeah, and then uh, Burry Port put uh, put a win over Tenby again. Quite a close game, twenty five nineteen. You know, there's only one try in it. Um, and you yeah, well, there's there's the literally the level on points now. Yeah, Tenby and Burry Port. So that that game could have really gone any way, mm. and you know. It is disappointing when your own your own team doesn't win, but at the same time, you know, a one score game, you, you you're doing yourself proud. Yeah, yeah. 
So, you know, that leaves Tembi, let me see, one, two, three, four, Tembi fifth, Fishguard seventh, and Milford eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it, yeah, it, it is t- tight t- at the time. Tembi are in with the shout of getting promotion, so mm. that's, that's not to be, you know, it's not to be turned anything turned away against. I mean, they're not in those top two, top three position at the minute, but you know, it's mm. it's not exactly a great deal between them. I mean, well, you look at the, the space between Burryport in fourth and Lucha in ninth, yeah, and there's three, three points covering all those teams in that middle of that table, you know, yeah, that is. That is that that makes it really interesting just to look mm. at. You know, I, I know Bodyport have got that, that game in hand, mm. but then again, so do Shkard, so do Bulls. Yeah. So that's what I mean. I think it's gonna that's gonna be an interesting um, the way that that table turns out is going to be interesting. Again, Ponte de Lice and and Kidwelly do seem to be opening up a bit of a gap at the top. Ponte de Lice definitely, and then Kidwelly are kind of keeping pace with them. But everybody yeah. below that, you know, is in with a shout. So, yeah. So this week's games then. Um, Fishguard are at home to Burryport. Whoa. <laughs> I don't want to say Fishguard are going to lose, but I just can't. I think Burryport will be just playing really well at the minute. Um they are, they are, they have started to find uh, a bit of their form from last season. Yeah, and you know they they got a nice, they got a nice solid run now through to Christmas. So I I, I would imagine that Burryport are going to come away the victors for this one. Yeah, and I think playing in Fishguard now normally on a cold day in Fishguard it is bitterly bitterly cold. But if it's a northerly wind, then the pitch is shielded a little bit. So. Fishguard can't even use that. Do you know what I mean? It is if it's a westerly wind, then or an easterly wind, just forget about it because that pitch is a nightmare. Um, but north, yeah, they're not going to get any real home benefit from it. So I, yeah, I'm going to go with Berryport as well. Unfortunately, on that one, uh, Milford are away in Lucha, so I don't like Lucha. I don't like Lacha. No, no one likes Lacha. No one likes No one Lacha. does. No. Nasty. The, uh, yeah, my, uh, well, my boy went to play one of his first under-sevens games down in uh, Lacha, and, uh, you know, the, the, the kids looked like they were ready for under-15s. Like, they were yeah, bloody huge, sh- and they wanted to tackle. Yeah, shaving at half-time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, and they just so rough. It, mm. they, they were literally just, you know, shoving in tag rugby no shoulder barge in properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was a there was a an actual fight in the under eight match next to us, so it, it it was quite bad there. Well, when I played in Lucha, um, somebody in the crowd rearranged my lip and nose for me with an elbow. Didn't see who it was, so it just I got pushed into into touch uh, and ran into touch. And as I dropped the ball and went to turn round, uh, they introduced their elbow to my face. And uh, uh, split my my nose and my lip all the way down there. I got roll up like that, and it's, I still got the scar from it. Oh, then. nice! Yeah, nobody saw anything. Don't know ref. He just ended up on the floor. So, yeah, never been a fan of Lucha. So I hope Milford 
turn them over. I'm going to go for a 50 points to nil win for Milford. Okay, just, I'll just... go. I'll go. Let me let me work out. No, I'll I'll go a little bit more. I'll go. I'll go 52. <laughs> Seven converted tries and a penalty. I've worked it out. There you go. Uh, Tembi at home to Pontebarum then. So Pontebarum have been struggling so far. Oh, they? The bottom yeah, of the table. I, I, yeah, I don't know what they've been like in the cup, but you know, winless. Mm. So yeah, you know, it's got to be it. one point. Uh, I'm thinking, yeah, same as you, Tembi. Yeah. E- even hardcore Pontebarum fans are saying Tembi for this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and sometimes you just don't have a good season. So that's, you know, that is the way it goes. So, okie koki Into Division 3 then. And uh, results from last week. So Haverford West, your boys, you know, your favourite boys, are actually starting to put a bit of a run together. So four points to seven against Lanabother. You know, you, you can only play who's in front of you. And... That was quite a comfortable win. So, well, it's not quite as comfortable as uh, the next one, or the next one on my list, I should say. No, uh, Cardigan and Langham. Is that what yeah. you've got on your list? Yeah. You know, that's that's a kicker for Langham because, you know, Cardigan haven't been playing well. And Langham had started to kind of build a bit of momentum, but that just takes everything out of your sails. But we do have some positive news for Langham in the next set of fixtures. Do we? What's, yes, uh, we I, do. Let me flick the fixtures. So, yes. Langham, Lanabother. Youth. Youth. Hmm? Youth. The what are you all about? The youth fixtures. Oh, right, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I told you I'd forget. You forgot that. already. I've, uh, yeah, we'll do that after. <laughs> so... um. <laughs> Who predicted Lan would trip up against Lampeter? Was that me? I think that was you, didn't it? You said that Lan would struggle against Lampeter. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought they'd win. So, yeah, they, they did struggle there. Uh, Nayland and St. David's. Nayland that, was, that was such a high-scoring game. I've Nayland, been, I haven't seen something like that in so long. You know, it's, it was amazing. Up until the last five minutes, St. David's were 3-0 up. And Nayland uh, uh, converted, tried to win the game in the last couple of minutes. But, you know, fair play. It's, you know, not every game is going to be a 50-pointer. So, yeah. Um, I know not every game the ref's going to walk away with an extra grand in his pocket after the last oh, minutes. <laughs> but it was, um, yeah, apparently it was a really competitive game, which yeah, is what you want to see. You, you yeah, you, you see tend to better. find that the lower scoring games tend to be some of the better ones. Hmm. I, I you know, people say, "Oh, I like I like seeing you know, a you know a, a thirty, thirty-two bloody game." You know, loads of tries. Yeah, it's fun to watch. But I, I can remember watching a game about twenty years ago. I think it was the Dragons and the Wasps, and it finished three all. And I remember watching that game. I thought it was absolutely bloody brilliant. Some of the mm. rugby I saw on show was awesome. Yeah, yeah. It it doesn't have to be a high-scoring game, like you say, to to be good. And apparently, that was a good game. So. And uh, and then St. Clair's Aberaeron. Now, I believe I tipped St. Clair's and you tipped Aberaeron. Yeah, I, I didn't want... I, I know St. Clair's are good. I know they're going you know, strong and most likely going to stay undefeated. But I just didn't want to vote from this time. I wanted Aberaeron to come out <laughs> and just, you know, have them. You know. Well, tough. They, they, they came close. Yeah, I mean, 21-16. Um, 
I say a good game again, but uh, some some really good uh, competitive games there. So you know, if we look at the table, so St Clair's are still top. Uh, Abaray run in third, Larn in fourth, Harford West in fifth, but level on points with Larn. But Larn have got a game in hand. And uh, Nayland just below Haverford West. Uh, Cardigan have jumped a couple, and St David's have dropped uh, there. Then we've got Pembroke Quins, Clannabother, Langham, and Tregaron. So, uh, yeah, so the, the Quins game against Tregaron was called off. Tregaron couldn't get a team. So, uh, you know, realistically, Pembroke Quins should be a couple of spaces above, probably above Cardigan with that Tregaron game. But, you know, mm. it's. Uh, yeah, they they would do that comfortable. So anyway, fixtures yeah. for this weekend. Oh uh, yes, Aberaeron on at home to Lampeter. Another big one, you know, uh, another big game for Aberaeron. And if if they've got any hopes of you know coming close to the to winning, you know, we, we, even with us in Clay's loss, they've they've got to do one on Lampeter. So I'm I'm going to back them mm. back in Aberaeron. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and again, I think conditions are just going to play into Aberaeron's hands. It's right on the coast. Um, although, having said that, yeah, their pitch is sheltered from a northerly wind as well. So, eh, it'll be cold anyway. It'll be bitterly, bitterly cold there just because it is, it's an open pitch. It's shielded on one side, but it is an open pitch. So, it'll be cold. And whether Lampert uh, cope with that better than Aberayron. Aberayron are used to it. They build igloos in the summer in Aberayron for fun. So, it's just the way it is. You know. What so, you do. Yeah. So, I'm going Aberayron win as well. So, then we've got Cardigans and Clays. I don't think there's any doubt in that. No. <laughs> that game, that's a St. Clays win. Um, and then Lan Nayland. Lan at home to Nayland. Yeah. Lan is still having a really good season. So, no, I'll, hmm. I'll stick by Lan. Yeah, me too. Um, I just I think it was a bit of a, a blip against St. David's for Nayland. And then we've got Slanabother and Langham. So, you know... Langham. And of all no, the games... Don't even talk. It's just Langham. <laughs> well, you know, down at the bottom of the table, you've got Langham, Lanabother and Tregaron. Um so, you know, this is the kind of game that Langham probably should be targeting as as a must-win, you know. But then again, so kind of other. So, I, I, yeah, don't know what's going on at Langham, but wish the boys all the best, and hopefully they can come away with a win there. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with a, a Langham win as well, and job done. So the next game, quite interesting, St David's against Pembroke Dock Quins. So before we we talk about the game, you know, it, we're, we're coming up on Christmas, and I remember playing for the Quins in St David's just before Christmas, and it was absolute carnage. We came home with a Christmas tree and uh, a park bench <laughs> that one of the boys had to take back on a Sunday morning. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's always a good session up there. I'm hoping the boys will deliver on fancy dress after the game. You know, bare minimum, you know, we got to go Christmas jumpers, but I'm hoping that there's... Well, you, you're something. already doing that now, mate. 
you, yeah, you I know, got my Christmas sorted. jumper. Yeah, I'm loving my Christmas jumper this year. It's got little knobbly bits and all sorts. But take a photo you know. and check it on the check. You can, it can New. be our image. New the, the podcast. <laughs> it's a nice Christmas jumper. It's, you know, it's it green, mate. it's red, yeah. it's white. It's got everything you need from Christmas jumpers. It's uh, it's a uh, it's going in my classics range. This one is, but you know. Quinns need to, to up the game in terms of fancy dress in St. David's. And, you know, that's my challenge to the boys from the Quinns that, you know, young squad, you need to learn how to do these things, boys. It's got to be a top-notch um, fancy dress and we want to see photos. So, But as for rugby, I think the Quinns will, will, will take St. David's. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going for St. David, mate. You know, they've they did above them in the table, you know. That's, yeah. that's I, I know that doesn't mean everything, but you know, I I do like I do like me some St David's, and then, uh, being as though you've gone Pembroke Dock, it's giving me that one game where you can be different. So okay, I'm quite we'll, happy with that. We'll agree to disagree on that one, but I think we both agree. Tregaron and Haverford West. If Tregaron raises side, then Haverford West will, you know, should put a heavy heavy score on them and uh, give themselves a happy Christmas. On that one, um, I can't see any other result really coming out of there. Can you? Yeah. No. Okay. So then we come on to, uh, and I keep forgetting this. Um, so uh, fixtures for not fixtures. Um, I've lost results. it now. I don't know. So youth uh, cup shall results. I take the lead? Yeah. Go on. You do this because I have got it there, but I, I'll I'll get lost on it. So okay, we're we're going into the uh the youth cup competitions now, and we're getting and, to the uh, important you know, stage. Yeah, this is a knockout stage of it now, isn't it? Yeah, the, yeah. oh, these these are knockouts from the beginning. The uh the youth cup is they didn't have none of that fancy. But they didn't play the, the group stage with. right with oh. you now. So uh, we had you know we had Narba, Fabris with Krimich, Langham, and Whitland all in action. You now so five teams going in so. In the Youth Cup, you know, Narbeth away to Flandai Law. They do drew 22 all. Mm-hmm. But uh, courtesy of being the away team, Narbeth have gone through. And so that's Nar- one up. Narbeth were like 22 nil down or 22 3 down at half time and came back to, to level it in the second half, which, to be honest, those boys have done quite a few times. They, they've, they've been there and they've come back in the second half really strongly quite a few times and does that put them into the quarter final now quarter finals now yeah i thought so yeah so that's a good win and they got some good boys coming through narbeth some really really yeah. good boys so that's that's quite cool that is okay plate then moving into the plate aberis with horse hosted put call and uh you know this is a sad sad result to be telling everyone but you know they lost seven points to 19. Mm. So that's that's the end of the the plate journey for Aberystwyth. And, but then you know, Crumach had a belting win, didn't they? Oh, just a little bit, just a little bit. Was it forty-eight points to five over Bagland? Hmm. Bagland is... have got quite a lot of like Neath College boys and stuff like that. So you know they're not a, 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 a they're not a two-bit side. They're they're quite a decent side, aren't they? Well, it doesn't matter when you're coming into the, the third round of uh, you know a, a knockout competition. 
you you've you've got to be decent to have made it that far. So to have that sort of victory is mm. is brilliant. So that's no. Narbath and Krimich now in the respective quarterfinals and Aberystwyth get a you know a free weekend off somewhere. Mm. And I know that both Narbath and Krimich have got um quite a few Scarlet's eighteens boys and Scarlet's eighteens attached boys in the in their squads. So that's quite good. That's quite interesting to see them cracking on. So in the bowl then, who did we have in the bowl? We had Langa, Langham away to St. Julian's HSOB, which I'm, I'm assuming stands for High School O. Yeah, High School yeah, O boys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Lang- that must be a Cardiff side then, is it? Uh, Cardiff Newport, I think. I think it's somewhere yeah. down there. Yeah. So you know, uh, big, big travel day for for those boys. Mm. And like I said, I said earlier, we had some good news coming for, Lang- for Langham, and here it is. They won by eighteen points to seventeen, mm. you know, and, and they get to go through to the quarterfinals. So, we've said it repeatedly, you know, a, a village the size of Langham, just to put out a side, yeah, but to put out a side that's get into a quarterfinals of a knockout competition is, is brilliant. Yeah, and hopefully they can retain a lot of those boys into senior team, and uh, you know the future will be a bit brighter than than where it is at the minute. So, yeah. Fair play. Well done. And then finally, Whitland and Llangenich. Yeah, Whitland at home to Llangenich. And this was another single pointer. And it goes the way of Whitland, 15 points to 14. I mean, these have got to be some really testing times for these boys to be playing, you know, with a few minutes left on the clock. You know, it's a single score game. Like one kick will do it. Mm. You know, oh, the, the pressure, the, you know, Oh, what's what's the word for it? The adrenaline pumping through mm. their body must must be absolutely outrageous. Well, fair play to them, though. You know, it's uh, just nowadays even getting a, a a youth team together can be a bit of a challenge, and and keeping it together and keeping them playing. There's a lot of inconsistencies in the youth game. You know, a lot of people not being able to field sides, and you find out on the Friday night or the Saturday morning sometimes, and things like that. So, you know, it's difficult to maintain a youth team nowadays. So, a fair play to them to to be in a position where you can challenge in the quarterfinal of the Welsh Cup Plato Bowl is, uh, is a good indication of where the club is. So, uh, congrats all round, boys. Well done, then. And that's the end of this week. So, we're done now. Have I covered everything or have I forgotten? You have something? covered everything, but I've, I've got a couple of uh, messages I've got to send out. Go on, then. Uh a couple of weeks ago, I said my boy was in hospital. While we were in there, we met a lovely young man named Tom McNamara from Narbath. I believe he's in his under in the under 14s and he's broken his tibia and fibula. So, uh, you know, giving him a shout out, hoping for a speedy recovery. And uh, hopefully, everyone at the at Narbath at Yotas is uh, helping him along again and better. Mm-hmm. And on the, uh, the, the less nice note, I don't know if you can remember, I think it was last year, uh, Penny Gray got FC Youth captain, uh, Logan Luca, he, uh, he committed suicide. And uh, in the last in the last day, someone's gone and uh, vandalised all the, the gravesite. So yeah, take, taken the, the cross, there was barbell axe, his boots were there and they've just taken everything and just destroyed it. 
idiots. So uh, I, I know this is a Pembrokeshire podcast, but if anyone's got any links with Penny Craig or knows anything, mm. you know, she, if you could get in touch with, with the club, mm. that, that would be amazing. And we, we talk a lot about the rugby community and how good the rugby community is when times are good and things like that. And, you know, part of being part of the rugby community is we look out for each other with things like this as well, you know. And uh, and we we do our best to make sure that the, the people who have done this um, kind of get held to account because you've got to... It's not acceptable, no matter who's no. done it. No. No. It doesn't I, I... matter if you, you, you claim mental incompetence or, or whatever. No, you, you don't do things like no. this. No. So hopefully the rugby community can come together and we can uh, we can sort that one out in uh, quick time. Okay. Are we done? Are we done now? Are you going I think else? that means we're done. I think that means we're done, mate. Right. Well, we've not got many left now before Christmas, so we're going to have to um, kind of plan what we're going to do over Christmas now. I think there's got to be Christmas jumpers compulsory next week, mate. You know, got to be. Oh, I'll, 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 just, I'll just sell a tape one of the kids onto my tops. Yeah, or you've got to come with a red nose and antlers, something. <laughs> um, my wife's pretty good at face paint, so, you know, I'll, I'll get her to do something. I think I've, I've, I'm sure we got an elf hat for me, haven't we, with a nice beard. You know, I, I, I got one of them. I got, I got, um, I got an elf hat with ears and and bells. So I might wear that one next week as well. <laughs> I think, I think all the bells have uh, died in the years of the washing machine. <laughs> but have a good week, my friend. Enjoy your rugby this weekend. Hopefully, we got some positives to talk about next week. And uh, yeah, all the best, mate. I'll catch you next week. And to you, mate. See you again. All the best, mate. Ta-da, mate. You have been listening to the Westerer is Besterer podcast from the Scarlet Supporters PEMS team. You can follow us on Twitter on Scarlet PEMS, find us on Facebook with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire, or email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. And remember, West is best, but Westerer is Besterer. Cheers. Podcast Network.